welcome to Life Lessons with Dr. Steve Schell. For 20 years, Dr. Steve's 30-minute radio program, Life Lessons, was heard throughout the United States. Committed to comprehensively teaching through entire books of the Bible, Pastor Steve pulls out the deep, eternal truths in each section of Scripture without skipping over the challenging passages. He applies what is learned clearly and practically so that we're inspired not to just be hearers of the Word, but doers also. I want to talk to you about dealing with depression. I do this just in, in response to this past week I've been on the telephone with a number of people actually not within our church um, necessarily I have talked to some people in our church but I've been talking to people outside the church uh, people elsewhere pastors and uh, I find there is a there is some very severe depression going on and among people who love the Lord very much and are very much his servants and there's a lot of pressure that seems to be coming on people right now when I shared this with a couple of the pastors I did it I believe individually or in situations where they didn't hear one another say this but out of two different pastors the comment came back I believe there's a season right now where there's tremendous pressure where people are being the Lord is allowing pressure causing us to come to a place of, of real abandonment to him and both of them said that what I would like to do then is talk about depression I am not a doctor I do not have medical training in this what I know of depression is what I know of it because I have lived in it for years and what the Lord showed me so I am simply going to share to you with you some of the things and how far I'll get in this I don't know I want to talk to you about some of the things that I have learned about dealing with depression you need to know that I was delivered from depression particularly if you deal with depression you need to know God can deliver it now the, the good news is I was completely delivered and have not had it for four years the bad news is I had it from the time I was in high school on and off until I was 43 now that's not some people go oh super you know that uh, I, I don't think you have to go that long I just think I'm particularly stubborn and uh, whatever I, I, I can't tell you why it took me so long I can just tell you that he did break it and, and uh, no one's more grateful than I so what I have I let me just wade into it let me describe what I think what I f would feel like when I was depressed uh, I would feel weak I would feel tired frightened often uh, worried Spent a lot of time worrying thinking chewing on things my mind goes all the time I would focus on the mountain of things that I should be doing yet would feel no energy to do it uh, often feeling very tired um, and seeing a huge amount of work ahead of me that's it's depressing it's discouraging secondly I would uh, I would spend a lot of time thinking about where I went wrong in the past uh, to get me into this mess I would go back and look at the choices that I'd made the decisions I'd made and I would criticize myself why did you do that why did you do that why didn't you do this why didn't you do that because I was unhappy with where I was 
I was unhappy with my circumstances, I was unhappy with my own performance. And so I would look back in my life and try to figure out where did I go wrong? How, what turn did I take that got me into this mess? And I'd find several of them. Or I would think maybe that was one. And, and you can become very dangerous in that. You can begin to speculate that the problem is all sorts of things that it isn't. That's where you're really dangerous. You know, if I, if I, if I, hadn't, if I weren't in the ministry, uh, if I hadn't done this, if I didn't live here, if I hadn't married this person, if I, you know, you can begin to just throw uh, the blame all over the place. And the devil very much is part of this. Um, then I become furious at myself for making such stupid decisions. And uh, then I would get angry at God for letting me make such stupid decisions. Though he had told me, in most cases, uh, and I didn't obey him, but then I was angry that he had still not made me obey him. <laughs> Sounds silly, doesn't it? That some of you know what I mean. Uh, I'd spend time focusing on something I did or said. A, a, a person who's in this kind of state looks for the negatives. You can, you can go through 99.9% .9 of it can be fine, but you can find what's wrong. Particularly in your own performance, in your own appearance, in your own uh, your own being, uh, you'll you'll go to a, a, a gathering and then you'll reflect back on what you said and you'll think, I wonder they, I wonder if that was they thought that was stupid when I said that, and you'll find the one thing you thought that might be questionable and you'll spend the rest of the next day or so just suffering over assuming that they consider you to be an absolute idiot for having said such a thing. Now, being a preacher where I stand up in front of people talking, you can imagine I was roaringly vulnerable to this. I would, after, on, on any weekend, I would go home and uh, just reflect on what I said and, and something would have been dumb, and, uh, as you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then I just die. I mean, I just would go home and want to put the covers over my head and just hide somehow, ashamed, dreadfully ashamed of, uh, of the foolish things that I had done and said. I would focus on my helplessness to stop a certain behavior. You know, you try to get something under control. Uh, when we're out of control, when, when we're doing things, and we know better, and we don't want to do it. And we tell ourselves we're going to stop, and we try to stop, and then we can't. And it keeps on going. And uh, that's a very depressing thing, to be out of control. And you begin to be very angry at yourself for that. I would spend time reflecting on the terrible scenarios of my future. Uh, given all of this, since I'm out of control, or since, I'm, since I make such poor decisions, even when God tells me otherwise, or, or whatever else, my future is, is a terrible one. And then sometimes I think about how bad things are going to be. And I play it on out in my mind. Now you say, well, this is silly, and we can laugh at it. But when you are depressed, it's not silly. And the, there's probably two types of people here, those who have been depressed and those who have not. Those of you who have not been depressed don't really understand. You're going to have to just bear with me. Those who are struggling or do struggle or have struggled with depression, you know what I'm talking about and it's not funny. What's hard is when you're not ever really dealt with this and you're married to someone who is, it's hard for both of you. It's hard for those who are depressed putting up with your counsel and it's hard for you understanding people who are constantly, why can't they just get their act together? I mean, I've heard this kind, these kinds of discussions in the, in just in the past, past week on several occasions where it's, it's very hard 
to understand what the person's going through uh, and why they feel that way. And after a while, it gets, you, get, you get angry. Here are, just simply put, some of the, th the things I've come up with in dealing with depression. You need to know that depression has, it has affects our body, our soul, and our spirit. Uh, there are causes for it and, and issues involved in, in all, of our, all of our being. There are physical causes for depression. There are physical issues uh, that have to do with depression. I found that uh, when I was physically tired, I would be more vulnerable to it. Some people, when they, when they get real tired, they get a letdown, they'll get a headache. Some people will get indigestion. Some people will get various kinds of spasms in their muscles, or they'll, they'll begin to develop skin diseases, psoriasis, and, and various things. Some people get depressed. It is, there is a physical tendency in this thing, just to where that's what happens to you. But it's not only physical, it's also very spiritual. There is a spirit in this, and I suppose there is in every, the, the devil attacks us at any point of our weakness, doesn't he? Uh, you know, one of the terms for the devil in the Bible is Lord of the Flies, and um, Beelzebub, it means Lord of the Flies, and demons are a great deal like flies. They're like garbage flies. They land on an open wound. And like flies, you can brush them away and they come back. Uh, there, there's a tendency in this thing. Pardon me, if, you re if you're new tonight, you must really enjoy this. <laughs> oh boy! What did you learn tonight, honey? Well, I learned about demons. Uh, no, okay. You know, I'm not going to spend time here on demons. But you, you need to know something. There is, however you want to, however you want to say that, this, there is a spirit involved in this. And if you don't know that and you can't deal with that, you will not be effective in dealing with depression. Because it's more than just the person you're dealing with. Uh, <clears throat> someone, one of the, someone just commented to me that when you're dealing with someone who's alcoholic, when they're drunk, you really can't deal with them. There's, some, there's, a, there's a thing there that you cannot, that's not the time to talk to them. And when a person is depressed, that isn't the time to talk to them. And you've probably discovered you can't reason somebody out of depression. I, the other day I had someone come to my home, and um, I know better, but I talked, you know. We talked. And you could just see this look, you know. And, it, and just this tremendous oppression. And finally I said, enough of this. And I stopped talking and said, let's pray. Now, you know, when you've gone through things and seen the power of God in your own life, you have a, a special measure of faith there. Oral Roberts was healed of tuberculosis and, and saw that and became a, a, a man, great man of healing. Um, I've been healed of depression. And so I, I, I don't think I'm all that strong in a lot of areas, but I do have faith for depression. And so I can spot that thing. It's an, it's an, old, it's an old nemesis. And I, uh, went up with, we began to pray for this gal, and, and there were several, there were other there, others there. But I find I'm able, generally, to just pray and just 
break that thing and feel it lift. I can feel it lift and you, and, and, and you could literally in this person watch, watch the person go and everything changes. The spirit's gone. See, how do I know my wife did this for me? I don't know how many times. How many times would, you know, there's Steve, you know, and, and she, would, she would break it and it would go like that. And what I noticed that even at the time I was thinking, why, it's a you stinking demon. Because when, if it goes like that, it's not just physical, it's not, it is a spirit. But it's a garbage fly that comes in over physical weakness, over emotional situations, over inner brokenness. There's a soulish part of this thing in terms of the way we're wired and the, and the injuries we have sustained. There's a physical issue here. And then there's the, there is the, the spiritual issue where this thing lights on our brokenness. And you do have to address that. And so if you're dealing with someone who deals with depression, it is not helpful for you to just lecture them and pull out scriptures about the joy of the Lord is my strength. Um, any more than it's a, you know, a guy staggers in drunk and you say, don't you know, be ye not drunk with wine, but with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. Huh? That's great. He's just not at that point going to appreciate what you're sharing. It, it isn't that they don't believe that, and it, but, but it, the thing is, when you have, if, you, if you've dealt with any kind of addictive behavior, if you've been addicted, if, uh, there's a control here and a thing that comes over you that's bigger than you are. And, it's, and so you know that it's, it's not something you can, just, uh, you can just stop at will. If you could stop it at will, believe me, you would. You need to understand, depression hurts worse than anything physical. I think anybody who's really dealt with depression, you, you take physical illness to that any day of the week. It is like having terrible pain in your soul, in your mind. It's like being diseased in your mind. It hurts worse than physical pain ever hurt. I, I'd take anything to that. So don't think they don't want to get out of it. You may say, well, what's their problem? You know, you must like this. Oh, I love it. I just thinking, you know, yeah, I just love it. They don't like it. They can't get rid of it. And they can't. They, Jesus can. But it takes some understanding and it takes some help and it takes really a miracle working of God to, to deliver somebody of this thing. And you need to see that. And because, because it isn't as, as obvious as some of the other things, we tend to disparage people with this. There is a physical basis, I've said, um, the Lord taught me over the years uh, to use nutrition, exercise, things like that. I'll mention that in a minute. To try to keep myself, but that isn't enough in itself. There is a soul part. Soul being your emotions, your will, your, the, 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 the human part of our inner being. Uh, there are often injuries or things that have been planted there. In childhood, in marriage, in wherever where we become raw and it damages us and God has to heal that soulish part for the depression to ultimately be released. And there is, as I've said, the spiritual part where I would describe it, this, a spirit grips the mind, a smothering vice-like hold which can be broken through direct prayer or through and worship and praise. And those of you who deal with depression, you have found that when you worship, 
if you will worship. Now you can sit here and sort of wait us out and nothing much happen. But when you take your attention and begin to praise Him, and you'll find there's an inner inertia that doesn't want to. There's something inside that goes, no, no, <laughs> don't do that. And, and <laughs> you, you just begin to praise Him anyway kind of thing. There's, there is a willful act that you have to break through that membrane and into praise. But you'll find that as you do it, the depression and the, and the weariness and the, all the feeling uh, lifts and you find comfort. It will come back at some point, but you find comfort even for the moment. Um, I survived for years. You say, well, how on earth? You must have been a wonderful pastor. Uh, well, I wasn't depressed all the time. I was, however, the last three years, uh, probably depressed almost all the time, to the point that feeling good felt funny. And I almost felt guilty when I felt good. It's like, I shouldn't feel like this. There's a lot of things to worry about. I'm missing them. Where are they? And, and I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, it's like that. Like, I know I've got to, it's where, there's got to be things to worry about. Just a minute. I'm missing it. And I would look for something to worry about and then go, ah, there's something. And now I feel better because I felt normal because I was, again, worried and fearful. Um, but I would always, the things that were, God had done to be kind to me, He'd met me as a young boy in the power of the Holy Spirit. So from my very first moment as a, as a Christian, I met Him in the, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I knew, I knew His presence. And so I would, in my own worship life, I would in the gathering of the church, I generally led worship, usually because there wasn't anybody else to do it in, in some of those churches. Uh, but I, in leading worship, you can't be passive. And one of the reasons I still like to lead worship is it just gets me off my duff and gets me where I, I learn to, I press in. I press in myself. I have to or the anointing won't come. And in that, I get lifted. And I get refreshed. So I would survive on the worship just like the, the, the congregation needed it. I was a consumer. I was receiving that. So I would get lifted by the Holy Spirit. And I love the Word. And I have always loved the Word. And I find, I find uh, the Lord feeds me. So as I was preparing my sermons, I would be feeding my own heart. Uh, it, it was a gun at my back that made me study the Word. I couldn't just sit there and mope. I had to read this thing. And in doing so, I would be fed. You know, uh, one friend of mine said, uh, God made me a pastor to keep me saved. And uh, there's there some truth to that. Uh, because it's a spirit, it's a, it tends to be a smothering vice-like hold that can be broken in worship and praise. It also can be broken through the laying on of hands. But it takes aggressive faith. And I, I would say that when you're having someone praying for you, you need to have someone who can pray in aggressive faith. Uh, there are different kinds of people at different levels in their spiritual walk. There's just no other way to say this. Some people, it's a limp hand on the shoulder. Oh God, you know, kind of prayers. Those won't break depression generally. It takes somebody who's, who's willing to go, in the name of Jesus! I mean, there's a little bit of that that it takes. I mean, say what you want. It's, it's, it's that. And so if they're not loud, they don't have to be loud, but they've got to have that kind of 
spitting fire, where you just say, in the name of the Lord, I break it. I mean, there's a war that goes on. There's not, it's not a, oh God, this person needs you. Those kinds of sort of passive supplicatings, uh, the, you know, whatever the fly is, it, it, it just goes, mm. you're not moving me with that. Uh, um, the anointing breaks it. I mean, uh, so there is there's that kind of, there is an aggressive quality to it. And I don't just mean loud because I prayed for people even at the altar and there was a lot of anointing. There's a lot of, of the spirit. And so the spirit itself, just plain old applied, just drives this thing away. But something's really going on when you spiritually break this thing. And you know when it's gone, they know when it's gone. You can feel it or you can feel it didn't go. It's just as real as turning on the lights or turn or it's either light in the room or it's dark in the room. It's either happened or it hasn't happened. They know it, you know it. But you need to know it can be broken. It can be broken every time. It can be broken every time. Which means that some of you who are dealing with a lot of depression need to come to the altar and need to be prayed for and need to be worshiping on a regular basis. This will be your breath of air. Now God is going to heal you problem is we can drive that thing off of you but until the healing takes place in your soul and or your body because there can be I think physical very physical causes as well then the thing can continue to come back but I didn't of course after after as many years as I had it I didn't think I would ever not have it but God healed me and I'll, I'll I'll share that later. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please click the like button, subscribe, and share it with a friend. For more information, just head to our website, lifelessonspublishing.com. That's lifelessonspublishing.com. There you'll be able to order many of the books Pastor Steve has written.